Our scripture passage for this morning comes from Joshua chapter 4, verses 19 to 24. Let us listen to God's word to us. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. Those twelve stones which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal, saying to the Israelites, When your children ask their parents in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we crossed over, so that... All the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks God. You may know this, but one of the first promises that God makes is that there will be a land for his people to live in. They begin as nomads, basically homeless, they don't belong, they don't fit in, they live and die wandering through foreign nations, attacked and belittled by foreign people, tempted by foreign gods. And God tells them, you're wandering now, but I'm promising you that I'm preparing a land for you. It will be a land of plenty. I will bless it and watch over it because my people will live there and they'll keep my commands. It will be a land of peace, of justice, where little boys and little girls can walk in safety, where the widow is watched and the orphan is welcomed. That's the land that I'm promising to you. And here, in the book of Joshua, here God's people are on the border of the promised land. It's what they've been longing for. But, standing between them and the land that God has promised is this river. Not just a river, but the Jordan River. And not just the Jordan River, but the Jordan River during flooding season. The river is normally about 100 feet wide, 6 feet deep, no big deal. But during flooding season, it could be up to a half mile wide. Eight and a half football fields, right? That's how we measure things here in the south. Eight and a half football fields wide. You hear somebody saying a couple hundred feet, a few hundred feet, and then they say, you know, like two football fields away. Oh, yeah, two football fields away. So this river in front of them is eight football fields wide, and it's standing between God's people and what he has promised them, and it's not just a river, it's a flood. There's a raging flood between God's people and God's promise. God tells them, get yourself right, because tomorrow I'm coming down there, and tomorrow we're crossing that river might be thinking, oh, okay, tomorrow we'll get up and we'll build a boat or a raft. Nope, that was Noah. Instead, God has them all line up behind the priests. And the priests are carrying a box, a box where God's presence dwells, called the Ark of the Covenant. And they just start walking toward the river, this parade walking toward the river. This is the story of God's people. 
You see the promised land, but there's a river in the way, not just a river, a flood. And God says, I see it too. Start walking. The land that God promised to Israel was a literal land, wedged between the Mediterranean Sea, the desert, and an empire of angry warriors called the Assyrians. It was a land for them to build home, plant fields, raise families. It was their land. Their journey to that land had started with the Red Sea blocking their path and Pharaoh's army charging after them with swords drawn. God parted the seas and his people passed through like it was dry land. Every time they run into another obstacle, God says, I see it too. Start walking. Yep, those are indeed swords and spears, and they are definitely talking about killing you. I see it too. Keep walking. Yeah, that is actually a huge desert that you'll be in for 40 years. No food, no water for days. I see it too. Keep walking. Yes, that is a giant river. Not so much a river as a flood. If you walk into the middle of that, you will certainly die. I see it too. Keep walking. And what... What in the world compels a group of people to say, yeah, that seems like the right decision? (laughs) God's promises are out there. Health, joy, peace, love, healing, purpose, forgiveness, they're out there, but they're on the side of that river in front of you, the other side of a flood. Because listen, when we really think about it, cancer is no river. It's a flood. Alzheimer's isn't a river. It's a flood. Anxiety isn't a river. Depression isn't a river. Addiction isn't a river. It's a flood. You're trying to walk your kids into being confident, faithful, and good. Meanwhile, the world keeps screaming that they're too skinny or too fat, that they need to buy this, wear this, drink that. That is no river. Flood. There is a flood between you and the promises of God, and God's plan seems to be, yep, that is definitely a flood. How about you just start walking? For some reason, Israel lines up this parade of thousands, and they start walking with God's presence at the front. The river is flooding. It's roaring. You can see it. You can hear it crashing waves, you feel it splashing, and the air is wet, and they're just walking straight at it. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, they keep walking straight into that river, and the river stops. God's presence turns the Jordan River into a Jordan Lake. That's the power of God's presence. The priest's feet touch the flooding water and the whole river just stops because even the forces of nature have to respond to the presence of God. Israel walks through on dry ground. Now once they cross over to the other side, God says, build a monument. Build a testimony so that all may see the power of God. Since I've been here at this church, I have been diagnosed with panic disorder, basically a severe form of anxiety. Anxiety can be hard to understand, 
It's not nerves. It's not just being afraid. It's when your brain is convinced that a catastrophe could happen at any moment. So your heart starts racing. You're breathing fast. There's this feeling in the back of your brain of, whoa, hold on, watch out. Standing in Walmart, but your head is on the edge of a cliff. Now, I've done my homework, talked to the doctors, done the research, made the changes, but anxiety, frankly, is a flood that doesn't go away. If you have anxiety, you understand. It can be a group of people. It can be being alone. It's driving a car. It's doing really normal things while your brain is in a different place. It's in the middle of a flood, and you see the flood, and God sees it too and says, start walking. Sometimes here on a Sunday morning while I'm sitting preparing to preach, I feel the flood rising. My heart starts beating. I feel my breathing. I'm in the pew, but my brain is staring at a flood. I don't want to get behind this pulpit. I don't feel like I can. But God says, I see it too. Start walking. And I get up for the same reason that Israel did, for the same reasons that you do, to testify that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that his name shall be feared forever. Because if we're real honest with ourselves, some rivers you don't just cross once. You wake up staring at that flood again every single day. It's the friend who's so sick that it makes you sick to your stomach to even think about it. You fall asleep crying for this person because you can see the other side of the river, but it's a lifetime away. It's the Alzheimer's that started as a river, a lost moment or two, but it hasn't been that way for a while now. It's a flood. It's a child or a spouse or it's you living in grief, in depression, in financial uncertainty who keeps choosing people that treat them like dirt so discouraged for so long that the flood begins to feel like home. Sometimes the Jordan River looks a mile wide, but you've been living in that flood for so long, you're starting to wonder if there is another side. Sometimes you cross more than one Jordan River. It's this sickness now, the financial stress later, the new job down the road, insecurity, doubt. You just keep walking through the Jordan River, waters piling up on both sides. You see it, God sees it too, and says, start walking. In our story, God stopped the river. When Israel is on the other side of that flood, the flood they walked through on dry land, God sends them, 12 men, one from each tribe, back into the river to grab a stone. And they take 12 stones and build a monument, a sign, a testimony. Because when God parts the river, it's not just a story who crossed through on dry land. It is a story for generations to come. God tells Israel to build a monument of rocks. So when their children ask, hey, what's up with that pile of rocks over there? They can say, there was a flood between us and the promises of God, and we walked through it like it was dry land. Tell your children and your children's children, tell them the stories of your salvation. I know we like to downplay testimonies. I get it. I don't like sharing mine, but I don't share it for me. 
because there's nothing especially special about the flood I face. But when I look at the Bible, there is half a chapter on crossing the Jordan River, three chapters on how Israel is supposed to build a monument and tell their children. Because people need to know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that it has power to hold the floods at bay. We don't get to walk through the floods and keep the stories to ourselves. We don't get to be saved from our sins and keep the stories to ourselves. Instead, God says, build a monument so that when your children ask, what is that pile of stones? You can tell them that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Build a monument so that when your children ask, the so that is the entire point. Today is All Saints Sunday. Today we remember all the believers who have walked into the floods of life, trusting in the power of God's presence, especially those who have waded into that great mystery of death itself. God said, I see it too. Keep walking. They have passed through the flood as though it was dry land. This Sunday we remember them because their lives and even their deaths are a testimony to the power of God's presence. Many of us are believers because of the testimonies of a mother or a father, a grandparent, a friend. They built monuments because they experienced that the hand of the Lord is mighty. We're sitting in such a monument right now. A church built Because after God walked the men and women who sat in these pews before us, after he walked them through the floods of their lives, they had to build a monument. Do your children know your story of salvation? Do your families know the stories of God's faithfulness to you, those moments when you have crossed the flood on dry land? Have you shared those? Build a monument. When your children and your children's children ask about this pile of rocks, you can tell them. You can tell them Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord God dried up the waters so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and his name is to be feared forever. Build a monument so that when your children ask, you can tell them. You can tell them. Tell them, I've been in the waters of the Jordan River. I've been in them more than once. I've stood with the water caving in at both sides. I've been in the river for months. I've been in the river for years. I have found a new river to cross time and time again. And in all the Jordan rivers of life, I have found that God will keep the waters at bay. You can tell them. Tell them, I'm still in the Jordan River, standing side by side with others who follow Christ, standing behind the very presence of God, standing with my anxiety or with my depression, my anger, my insecurity, my illness, but I will build a monument right in the middle of the Jordan River because God's hand is mighty. Build a monument so that when your children ask, you can tell them, You can tell them, I have passed through the Jordan River on dry land. You can testify to what God has done. You can tell them, 
still in the Jordan River, but I can see the promised land testify to what God has yet to do. Tell your children and your children's children the story of God's faithfulness to us. Let me put it this way, because it really is this simple. You may have never thought about faith this way, but it's like a language. Most everyone here speaks English because they grew up hearing English. You speak English in the style that you heard it as a child. Or should I say, y'all speak English in the ways that you heard it as a child. There's a little boy that I tutor at Hollywood Elementary. He's in second grade. He doesn't know all the letters of the alphabet. He still confuses his sixes and sevens. Not because he's dumb. He's beautiful. He's a capable child. He just hasn't seen them, read them, heard them enough. So he has to try and speak, understand the world, read, using the words he's been given, which isn't very many. Faith is like a language. Our faith is made up of the testimonies that we've been given. If all children are told is that church is something you have to do instead of something you want to do, they'll hear that. Faith as an obligation. If they see us bored in church, they'll hear that. Church is boring. If they see us trying to get out of going, they'll see that. Church to be avoided. If this is the alphabet about the church that they're given, then these are the testimonies they'll have. Faith and obligation. Church as boring. Church to be avoided. Or, or they'll see that we sing praises, that we pray that we give of our time and our money, we serve our neighbor, we honor God with our bodies, with the way we speak, because God's hand is strong and his name is to be feared. Or they'll see that every time that we're on the brink of a new Jordan River, we get up and we start walking. So that here, at Scottsboro Cumberland Presbyterian Church, our children won't confuse their sixes and sevens. All Saints Sunday... We remember those who have come before, how they heard God say, I see it too, keep walking. So carrying as much of God as they could, they walked through the floods, through the Great Depression, the world wars, through plagues and famines. That is the story of the saints. They have died, but they have not been overcome. My anxiety is a flood, but that's okay. Because I know God sees it too. And from the very middle of the Jordan River, I will grab a rock. And when people ask me, girl, what in the world is that rock about? I'll say, I will say with complete confidence, there was this flood between me and the promises of God. Sometimes the flood is still there. Sometimes I sit right smack dab in the middle of it. And sometimes I sit on the other side and still... Still, I grab a rock and I build a monument and I testify to what God has done and to what God has yet to do. Tell your children and your children's children so that they'll keep walking too. The hand of the Lord is mighty and God is to be feared. Grab a rock and testify. 
Testify to what God has done. Testify to the promised land that is still coming because the floods will fade. But it is the promises of God that show us that the hand of God is mighty and his name is to be feared forever. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that here in this place we might have testimonies to share with our children and our children's children. That we might share with them the stories of our salvation, the ways you have brought us through the Jordan rivers of life. That those who come and worship in this place might know without a shadow of a doubt that your hand is mighty. That your hand is mighty to save. Might that be our testimony today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.